I literally came into the hospital without thinking about it and left the hospital on a mission that would be three years in the making because I had a newborn, but I was on a mission. I'm like, there's got to be something better. I'm Carly Zakin. I'm Danielle Weisberg. Welcome to Skim from the Couch. This podcast is where we go deep on career advice from women who have lived it, from the good stuff like hiring and growing a team to the rough stuff like negotiating your salary and giving or getting hard feedback. We started the Skim from a Couch, so what better place to talk it all out than where it began on a couch? Hey everyone, Danielle here. I'm excited to get into this episode with our guest and Carly will be back next week. Today, Monica Royer joins us on Skimmed from the Couch. She is the founder and CEO of Monica and Andy, an organic baby and children's clothing company. Monica had the idea to launch her company literally from the hospital after she gave birth. Whew, with the mission of being the most thoughtful children's brand ever created. And as we'll get into, entrepreneurship definitely runs in her family. Monica, thank you for joining us today. Welcome to Skim from the Couch. Danielle, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Thank you. So I just want to say that like literally, I think one of the days after I had told our team that I was pregnant, I had a call with Monica and I was like only slightly panicked about the fact that I was going to be a first time mom and really had no clue what I was doing and was like, everyone keeps telling me I need a layette and I don't even know what that is and Googled it. And Monica was like such a calming presence and literally knows this space inside and out. Thank you so much. Well, we're really excited to welcome people into motherhood and new parenthood. So congratulations to you. Thank you. So let's start with an easy question. Skim your resume. Yeah. So I'm actually going to take it back to what you can't see on LinkedIn, which is that I came from a very hardworking family. And so at the age of 12, my mom was the manager of the ultrasound department at Good Samaritan Hospital in Downers Grove. And she's like, you're going to start volunteering. So she went in there, signed me up. I was working at like the front desk, outpatient registration. And then at 14, she was like job permit time. So we went and I started stocking the shelves at like a now very defunct retail store of which I I can't even remember the name, but work ethic was something that was really important to my parents. And so I spent all of the time before I graduated from college with all of my summer jobs in the hospital. So physical therapy, like you name it, I worked all around the hospital, went to University of Illinois in Champaign-Urbana and I graduated and I immediately got a job in the pharmaceutical industry. So I spent the first decade doing absolutely nothing related to what I'm currently doing, but I worked at both Pfizer and Novartis for that decade, which was very different from currently. And then I launched Monica and Andy officially in July of 2014. So now, you know, this is my new baby and what I've been most recently working on. What's something that we can't Google about you or look up on LinkedIn? I I originally wanted to be a marine biologist. If you took me back to like a nine or 10 year old, I would have told you I wanted to be a marine biologist, terrified of the ocean, like not seeing it, but being in it. So that was sort of a non-starter in the marine biology career. But I remain totally obsessed with like orcas, great white sharks. And my very favorite place to travel is the San Juan Islands outside of Seattle. Marine biologist and pharmaceutical industry. This is all very, very interesting. So we're going to get into your family and the support system that you've built around you. But first, when I was talking to you a few weeks ago, you were talking about your mom 
and how her story had such an impact on you. Tell us about what it was like growing up in your house. What kind of expectations were there? Yeah, so my mom was an immigrant from India. She moved here from India as her dad was dying of emphysema to send money home when she was 19 years old. And so I've always, I revered both of my parents. Andy and I always say that we'll never win the lottery because we did the first time by the parents that we got. And so a massive amount of respect for both of them. But my mom, there was something about the family that she came from. You know, her family was very matriarchal in in a society in India that was much the opposite. And so my grandfather had nine children all together, the first five of which were girls. And so in India, like at that time, most people wanted boys, but my grandfather really cherished having girls and he educated each of them like they were boys. And so when my mom came here, she came here on the sheer well of the education that she had received. And so education was of the utmost importance, specifically for my mom. My mom was the only person in her family to marry outside of her Indian culture. So our dad is, um, you know, his ancestors are from a European background. And so my brother and I were so close growing up because we were so different from everybody else. We were between worlds instead of fitting into any world in particular. And so I think that unique experience really shaped the adults that we became. So you mentioned your brother. I'm just astounded by the fact that like you and your brother, both successful entrepreneurs in your own rights, you talked about working in pharmaceuticals and then you're an entrepreneur in a totally different space. When my parents heard we were going to start the skim, they were like, okay, great. That's kind of crazy, but we feel you. And I think I kind of paved the way for my sister to do that. But in some ways I'm like, oh my God, please do like the responsible safe thing so that one of us always has a job. (laughs) Definitely. It's funny you should say that. So, you know, I think that if you take it back to 07, my brother was just graduating from Stanford Business School. My parents were really excited. They were like, he's got these great financial job offers. And, And so we sat down with him at his graduation dinner at the time with him and his then roommate. And they said, hey, we've got this incredible idea. We're not taking any of these financial jobs. We're actually launching an online men's pants company. And it was kind of like screeching tires. And so my parents were sort of like first, you know, delicately putting it, you know, to my brother, they're like, you're a handsome guy, but you're not really like known for your fashion. So we're not really sure that anybody's going to buy pants from you. And then the bigger thing was like, and nobody buys pants online right? So like, who's going to shop for pants online? And my brother was like, no, we've got, I've got this vision. So I really see Andy as a pioneer. Andy, like the folks at Warby, like there's a certain group of people in 07, they were really pioneers. And I believe Andy was one of them in the way that they thought about things. To your advice with your sister, on that flight home, my parents were like, don't quit your day job because we don't know, you may be having to support your brother in the future. We're just not sure about this career path that he's chosen. And so I think You know, luckily now today you see the vision behind it and everything that's evolved. But I think one of the things that they were ultimately right about was that you need an incredible support system when you run a company. And so I think that I, uh, you know, Andy and I were really each other's biggest life personal advisors. And so I ended up very unofficially completely involved, I would say, in in the day-to-day and listening to what was happening at, at Bonobos for like really those first five years. I didn't intend on learning anything. I didn't know what a startup was. I didn't know what a fundraise was. I'd never taken a business class before. And so, you know, I inadvertently had this front row seat to learning all of this. So I really credit him with being the pioneer with a vision in the digitally native space. And I think 
we very much were like my parents in terms of what our work ethic was like. So it was almost like we enjoy, I guess, torturing ourselves would be a good way of looking at it. I wouldn't recommend this to other families. So you watch him on this wild ride at Bonobos. You are on a different track, still on the pharmaceutical side. Absolutely. When do you know it becomes like your turn to do the crazy thing? Yeah. So we had been talking before I had my daughter, we had been talking a little bit about businesses being built on unfair advantage and just like, Hey, we've got all these learnings from Bonobos. And, you know, he said, you've always been more interested in fashion than me, even though neither of us had fashion backgrounds maybe we do something in the women's space. And so that was kind of like rolling around in my head a little bit as I got to the hospital to deliver. And then literally as I had Bella, like my husband and I were not wealthy people, very average, but we had spent all of this money as everybody does on their first child, right? It's like, what's the mattress and the stroller? I literally just bought the mattress today. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, so you're thinking through like everything. So I get to the hospital And I didn't really have that much for me to wear, for her to wear. And then the clothing that they brought her out in, I thought, you know, I learned that her skin was really sensitive. So the first thing that happened was her skin kind of reacted. The hospital clothing was perfectly good. But I just thought like, wow, I wish that I had washed and brought my own clothes. It never occurred to me before. And then I thought, well, I wish someone had told me what these experiences were going to be like. I felt suddenly very alone, literally shopping for my hospital bed. I thought there's just gotta be a better experience for children's clothing. I had seen what Andy had built with Bonobos. I knew sort of that one-to-one experience that he built with our customer. And I thought, you know, moms and parents deserve better. I, I wish someone had paved the way for me as a parent to kind of like help me to see around the corners. And instead, like I got to the hospital, like so many other people did. And I was like, why am I learning this all for the first time here? And so for me, it was first and foremost about like the quality of the product. Because as I started researching it, Danielle, it was like, There could be lead and phthalates and things are sprayed with flame retardants and all of these things that you just assume aren't in your children's clothing. But then beyond that, it was this movement of the community. How could other people feel less alone than I did in that moment? And so that was really, I literally came into the hospital without thinking about it and left the hospital on a mission that would be three years in the making because I had a newborn, but I was on a mission. I'm like, there's got to be something better. I want to talk about that moment in your life because you are also married to an entrepreneur. It's like the best support system because Carly and I always talk about like if we had to explain everything that we go through to someone else, they wouldn't get it. But then in other ways, there's so much, especially when you're first starting, you're thinking about how do I get off the ground? How do I fund this? Where's the paycheck going to come from? And you've just had a newborn. How did you decide to make that leap? Yeah, I'm going to be really candid here, Danielle. I don't think we were thinking. If we'd been thinking, we would not have done this. Like, I feel like what what Rob and Andy and I did, you come with a warning sign that's like, do not try this at home, you know? And I won't lie to you, like, it was gruelingly difficult. And I think that in, you know, a lot of ways, I'm really grateful I've been married to Rob for 14 years. And I think that the fact that we were both founding CEOs really brought us so much closer together. But honestly, it could have gone either way. It's a hard job. But I think because we did the same thing, I understood when he couldn't be here, he understood when I couldn't be here, when we couldn't raise capital, when things would go on, it was like, we deeply understood where each other was coming from. That said, there's so much that suffers on the back end of that. Like we've lost, we've had three miscarriages over the last, like, I guess, six years now. I'm so sorry to hear that. 
Thank you. And it goes on with so many people, but I feel like there's a give and take to all of it. And so I think that one of the things that we keep coming back to and Andy and Rob and I is we chose this path. And so we remind ourselves of that all the time. And then the seats that we sit in, I have to remember too, are such privileged seats at the end of the day. And so I realize every day when I get up and when Rob gets up and when Andy gets up, like we've made a conscious decision to do this. And so complaining about the privilege that we have um, of being in these positions is just like, we just don't do it. You know, so we're like, we've made a choice. We're going to do this. And if it becomes to a point where we can't for whatever reason, then we would step away. But the flip side of it is it can be so much fun. It is such a thrilling, thrilling ride. And I think I have learned so much from both Rob and Andy as I've done this. You said something really interesting, which was you had the idea in the hospital, but then it took you three years to really get it started because you had a newborn at home. What happened over the course of those three years? I think that a lot of people tend to look at startups and entrepreneurs and think that it's an overnight success of sorts. And also that it has to catch right away or it's not going to work. Yeah. And you know, it's so interesting and getting to know other founding CEOs, it seems always like by the time you hear about the company, you're like, oh my gosh, that was an overnight success. And then as you know, Danielle, you talk to the founder and you're like, whoa, that person's actually been working on this for a yeah. decade. And we just learned about it yesterday. So I think for me, that three years was a critical incubation period for what the brand would become. And the reason I say that is because, you know, it was about during that time, it's like, let me find the factories, let me source the right product. That doesn't happen overnight. That is incredibly time consuming. But the even more important factor was that I was sort of living the problems that every brand new, like the highs and lows of every brand new mom. And so it was kind of like, the business plan unfolded before me over those three years. It was like, all right, what was I lacking during pregnancy? Check. All right, now I've got a four-month-old and I'm like, I want to get out of the house. Where do I go? Like, who do I meet? I want to meet other moms that have four-month-olds. And how do I do that? Like, it's not like I had friends that were at that same stage. And then there were so many incredible moms that I met that became our first photographer, were the first people to work in the retail space. So it was almost like, this team came together and started to believe in what we were doing. And it was with that team that I launched the brand then three years later. And so I think that sometimes it's like cooking a really good dinner in a sense, like most really good dinners can't be cooked in under 60 seconds. And so it's just like the time that you put into it, it helps it to like marinate and simmer. And then, and then by the time you do something, and even that launch three years later, the brand is like so different. I learned so much then from my customers. As Bobby Yazdani, who is like my the most prolific mentor that I've had outside of my family, often tells me, he's like, good things take time. This is not a race to the finish line. Like we're here to build something enduring and to build something enduring. You can't do it in a day or in a year or even in five years. I want to talk about the different dynamics that you have with entrepreneurs around you. So you and your brother, are you competitive with each other? Is there a degree of sibling rivalry? Yeah. Interestingly enough, we're not competitive with each other at all. I feel like, again, we were just so different, but I think that, you know, our parents just did this really good job. I mean, it wasn't like we didn't fight as kids. Absolutely. Like we fought like any other kids did, but I think that because we both lived in Chicago, once I graduated from school, Andy was still at Northwestern. We also got to spend our early formative twenties together as friends 
and I got to know his friends and he got to know my friends. And so we just built, I mean, it's like this lifelong friendship, so to speak. And so even though he, there are so many incredible things that he's accomplished, there are so many differences between us. We've always celebrated each other's victories. We never had that sibling rivalry. We always were kind of like backing up each other and supporting each other in just a different way because we were alone in our own way in the world, so to speak. I want to talk about the dynamic with you and your husband. I know that you guys did a collaboration together. Was that the first time you had actually worked together? Yes, that was the first time that we've worked together. I will say that, you know, each of us, like Andy, Rob, and I have our different strengths. In my opinion, and again, obviously I'm biased, My Rob is like a prolific marketer. Anything about brand or marketing, I'm always kind of asking his advice. Can I get your time? And he's always like so generous to work with me on things. So I feel like it's been a privilege to learn from him. It, you know, his company grew big, like, but faster than mine did, so to speak. And he just like, he built this incredible team. And, and so just the way he thinks about brand and sort of that's his background is like a, is brand marketing, I feel like was an opportunity to learn from him. Where do you go for advice? Does it stay within your family network? Have you been building a mentor network outside of it? Yeah. So, I mean, definitely family has been important, but we have built a network outside. And I think the biggest thing for me for advice is I look to people, and this is something that, again, Bobby Yazdani of Cota Capital, who has been really my number one outside my immediate family advisor. I realize that I really look to people that have operated, or as he puts it, people that have seen around corners. So he once said to me, you know, Monica, my job as an investor and an advisor for you is that I've seen a lot of corners and my job is to tell you what's around the next couple of corners because I've seen them. And so I have found that the best advice is from not people that are at the same stage of the game. Even if we just talk about venture capital in particular, it's not about the money. It's about the wisdom that comes with the money. And so people that have sat in your seat as an operator and and like, sold their company or they've done something and they're 10 or 15, 20 years ahead of you, whether that's in age or whether that's just in experience, it doesn't matter. And so I feel like the advice is like the most key component to it. And I think that inside the family has been wonderful, but it's the outside advice that I've gotten that's also really, I feel like helped to get us to where we are and to keep us on this path. One of the interesting things about your team is that 80% of your employees are moms themselves. Can you talk about why that was important to you? And also, like, what policies do you put in place? Or how does the culture look when 80% are moms? Or is it pretty similar to other places that you've worked? I think, again, not sugarcoating it. If you're at a startup, there's so much work to do, as you guys know, right? It isn't an easy job for anybody at the end of the day. And so even as we hire people, we're like, this is a nightmare. You're coming in and you're just going to be drinking from a fire hose from like the minute that you walk in the door. So eyes wide open. (laughs) So I definitely don't want to sugarcoat the job because it's time consuming and it's rigorous and it's grueling in its own way. That said, I think what we try to do is be empathetic and as flexible as we can. And then the biggest thing I hope is just understanding people's kids are sick. Like we're not, we don't question. We're just like, whatever you need to do, your health and the health of your family are the two most important things. And so I think that that's been a really big part of it is just trying to be as flexible. There's all sorts of things like 
anybody can be flexible about vacation and the things that you can plan. It's the unplanned things I think we've tried to make the bigger difference with because you can't plan for your kid to be sick or whatever. And we just understand what that's like. I think for everyone listening out there that's either trying to help their company through COVID or is a boss making these decisions, anything that you have found particularly helpful when it comes to supporting working moms who are, as you said, you know, trying to take care of a lot of things. And this is a totally unprecedented environment. Pre-COVID, what we tried to do as people were coming back from maternity leave was we've had people that have brought their babies to the office with them. It's like everybody has a different comfort level. There's some people that are like, I'm ready to come back. We've tried to ensure as soft a landing as possible. With COVID going on, I feel like all bets are off with everything. We've got people's kids on Zoom. People are, you know, sharing time with their husbands to do stuff. We're much more about like, here's the job that we need to get done. And so to not micromanage things beyond that, I mean, we've got people at home with like multiple kids. And and so we're just trying to be as empathetic in the sense that like, we have a pretty small team. We've got a headquarters team of like a little bit more than 20, whatever goes in terms of what people can manage with their kids. Cause this has been a crazy time at home. Okay, we're gonna move into my last round, our favorite round, it's the lightning round. What's replaced your morning commute? Ooh, you know, a lot of times now I try to do a morning walk with my daughter since the weather's been nice. So like early before like emails start dinging and the phone starts ringing, we try to do like a little bit of a walk since it's been nicer, which has been awesome. Best work from home productivity hack. I think multitasking. There's meetings that I have to be really engaged in and meetings that I'm just listening to. And so when I'm engaged, I'm engaged. If there's things where like, I just have to listen, then how can I try to get two things done at once? which I think is key. And then I think the third thing is like making sure my daughter and I aren't Zooming at the same time. I mean, I was on some really important call and it kicked me out because she started her Zoom and I was like, oh my gosh, trying to gauge her schedule in mind. Also the bandwidth issues then. My nephews love to play Fortnite when I do these recordings and the Wi-Fi doesn't always appreciate that. Uh, what's the last show you've binge watched? Ozark. When is the last time you negotiated for yourself? Well, I do have a nine-year-old. And so I will say the toughest negotiations I have ever done have been well outside of the boardroom and with her. So I feel like my life is a constant series of negotiations. Kids are like the best negotiators. So if you want practice negotiating, try it with a kid that wants something. What is the, you can pick best or worst advice your brother has given you? Ooh, you know what? I will go with the best advice. And that is when I was thinking about, do I leave my job finally? Like after my maternity leave, it was like, do I really do this? And he was like, it's now or never. He was like, this is your now or never moment. If you go back, you're never going to do this. That's good advice. Which Monica and Andy item do you wish came in an adult size? Ooh, the on the go, like the, the onesie with like the foot covers and stuff. Cause I feel like if that wasn't an adult size, I would be snuggled up watching Ozark with my feet covered. <laughs> what is your shameless plug? Oh, for Monica and Andy. Yes. If you are pregnant or if you are an expectant parent, I mean, I, I really do feel like we are the brand of firsts, like your first picture, your first moment with your child. Like we want to be a very small part of that. Monica, thank you so much for coming on today. It was so nice speaking with you. Oh my gosh, thank you, Danielle. 
Thanks for hanging out with us. Join us next week for another episode of Skim from the Couch. And if you can't wait until then, subscribe to our daily email newsletter that gives you all the important news and information you need to start your day. Sign up at theskim.com. That's the S-K-I-M-M dot com. Two M's for a little something extra. 